Hi, this is DeAndre Hopkins, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Oh, my goodness, it's caught. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. He caught it for a touchdown with one second left. It was on three people. They were, they were in position. It was just a better catch by I. That's one thing with Tim, man. When, hey, when them lights come on, he's going to be ready. Hey, come on. Come on, yo. Let's go. Wolf and Luke talk Cardinals now. All right, before we get into uh, Cardinals, spoiler alert for anybody watching Hard Knocks out there, but uh, since you brought him up earlier in the show, Wolf, Nate Sudfeld, who the 49ers paid $2 million to, apparently just because they liked him as a person, because well, they knew all along they were bringing Jimmy G back, right? His mom is really nice, from what I'm told, apparently. so they wanted to go ahead and revo- reward Nate. Well, uh, Detroit rewarded him, too, because they just uh, signed him. So there you go. So Nate Sudfeld is, <laughs> is now a member of the Lions while collecting the 49ers money. Just watching hard knocks this year with the Lions? I, I don't know how you even explain it. Uh, like, they can't different. do anything right <laughs> <laughs> what do you? What do you mean? Because I haven't watched it. What do you mean, Mel? I mean, they try to create this drama, but, you know, I happened to watch Sunday Night Football this week when the Lions were losing, like, 16 nothing, and Hard Knocks is trying to create drama out of it like it's actually a good game. Yeah, I mean, they are still the Lions. Like, Dan Campbell, I didn't realize his coaching tree to yeah. get to, to where, so, I mean, you know, he's he's got he's got some training from guys like Sean Payton and, sure. and others, but, uh, and, you know, he's got a lot of really good former players as assistant coaches, but I just don't think they have enough talent on that team. Maloney's <laughs> right. Like, they're talking up like, okay, we're going to this game of Pittsburgh. This is going to determine who's going to make this team, and then they start showing the cuts and hard knocks, and this is probably the smart thing to do, really didn't show the score for most of the game, and they're like, oh, by the way, this game's out. Out of reach and has been since opening. Kit. Yeah, that's called good editing, uh, I think. Yeah, that's, well, they're the best. They are. They are. Hard Ed, yeah. editing. I mean, yeah. it's amazing. Okay, great. I don't know what the editing awards are, but I'm well, sure they. Will you guys it. remind me that I have to start watching it? Is that tonight? Is it tonight? That no. it's well, on? actually, next I week thought, is the season finale. That's okay. probably the one you don't want to watch, though, because okay. that's the only that's the one you always say you don't like is with what? the cuts. No, are you serious? But they don't do cuts. It? The first four episodes. The first four episodes are just football. Okay, or just yeah. watch the Cardinals. But they tried to build cuts. the drama up around who's going to make the team, right? They've they done. They've talked a lot of Aiden Hutchinson. Okay. And Rodrigo. Yeah, Rodrigo. Okay. Yeah, that there's some drama if they were to. Okay, good. So yeah, you're, right. So you don't, don't even know who Rodrigo right is. So when does it, when does it come out? When does Hard Knocks come? Tuesday out? Tuesday nights. Tuesday nights. I thought it was Wednesday. I thought you guys said it was Wednesday. I don't no, know. Nobody ever said Wednesday. <laughs> At some point in time, I've got to start watching. Nah, it, don't they, I? You could watch the Cardinals in season. They're not cutting um, anybody. Did you see the teaser for the Cardinals? Yeah, it was Steve Kime. And Michael Vidwell did the teaser really? for the Cardinals in did season of Hard Knocks. In the uh, up in the uh, the stands watching practice. There you go. The, the Cliff one's still the best. Where Cliff is just sitting in that like that wasn't his office. I don't know what that was. He said it looked like jail. Remember, he's just sitting there holding the remote <laughs> control, looking at his I computer. Look, yeah, the look on his face was the best. Uh, Andy Isabella is on the roster, Wolf, and depending on whether or not some of these other guys can play, look. The wide receiver room is a is a pretty deep room for the Cardinals. I don't think anybody's going to dispute that. However, no DeAndre Hopkins, obviously. Antoine Wesley has been hurt. Rondale Moore has been hurt. If the game were tomorrow against the Chiefs, you got to figure Hollywood Brown, A.J. Green are your top two receivers, and then Isabella and Dorch is all you have left behind them in terms of, of healthy players right now. That could change in the next week and a half. Sure. But Andy Isabella might very well be getting those reps he really wants 
in week one against Kansas City? Well, you know, just based on what I saw from Andy Isabella, all of us saw in the preseason, man, you know, I'm fine with that. I really am. If he actually gets some reps and some game reps, I'd be really, really happy for Andy Isabella because I think he's worked hard enough where he deserves that. You know, I'm just looking at him again. He was getting open. Um, His targets went through the roof. He was catching the ball when given the opportunity, and he was actually using his speed to get behind corners. And, yeah, I know that he wasn't playing against the best of the best of the best. I understand that. And at the same time, you can only go out and compete against who you can compete against. You can't control that. You can control how you play, but you can't control who you play against. And he did exceptionally well. He should have made this team. There was no no denying that. He was going to make this team. But now all of a sudden, what are you going to do going forward? He wants the opportunity. Maybe he's going to get it. Yeah, and Gambo had that tweet last night that said Andy Isabella did make the Cardinals 53-man roster, but from what I'm hearing, he wanted to be traded. Once a fresh start and snaps over being a depth guy that may not play. So you have that. I mean, I'm sure everybody, you get to the NFL level, you want to play. Nobody wants to just make it and collect a paycheck. You get that far because you love playing football. You you couple that, though, that, uh, that you know, him wanting a trade, apparently, with comments like uh, this after the game to Paul Calvisi on Saturday. I think I was overlooked. I think they turned their back on me, um, but I overcame again, and I think that's maybe why I operate best. I've been overlooked my whole life, uh, coming out of UMass and Mayfield, everything, um, and that motivates me. And um, but I know my purpose is is my, my purpose that God gives me is to inspire these kids to look up to me and my family. And um, so when I go out there, I really remember that, and that motivates me to go hard every play, even when I'm tired, even when I don't want to show up. I know I have a greater purpose. Wolf, I'm, I'm I'm rooting for the guy, but it's, it's funny when you look at the comments back to Gambo. All of them from Cardinals fans, are like I don't feel bad for this guy. He hasn't done anything yet, and you know what? That's the harsh reality of being in the NFL. It's not just well, you tried hard. Otherwise, I would be in the NFL, Wolf. I would like to be in the NFL. Can I just get there? Yeah, like you, you do actually have to produce in the regular season yeah. before you can feel like you're getting slighted. Would you stick your face in the fan, Luke, if you were? I mean, would you do I that? I got to play in the you NFL. Got the, yeah, yeah, you yeah. got the opportunity Absolutely. to do that. If stick your right face there, right yes, in the fire. That's, yeah. that's all you have to ask yourself. Yeah, because it still starts with that, if you'd be able to do that. Um, listen, Andy Isabella, once again, I understand why he feels the way that he does. I do. I understand it. Because he was a second-round pick, and there was a lot of disappointment that was swirling around Andy Isabella. A lot of it. He's taken the long and winding road right now. But what he's got to understand is hide the chip in your heart. Forget about the shoulder. Knock it off your shoulder. It's, it's That's not going to do you any good. Hide that chip in your heart right now. That will do you a ton of good going forward because you'll never lose it then. And that's what you need to do. That's what I think Andy needs to do is continue to focus on how that made him feel and then go out and compete as hard as he possibly can. And if he gets that opportunity, I'm going to be really, really happy for him because this kid has worked super hard to get to where he is. But don't act like the organization was trying to hold you down. They turned their back on you. Don't don't act like they weren't invested in you, they were. They they spent a second round pick. 
on you. 31 career catches, and they've held on to him for three years. That doesn't seem like turning your back on somebody. All right, when we come back, what are your four biggest takeaways from the Cardinals' 53-man roster? We're going to tell you as four-down territory is next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. It's four-down territory with Wolf and Luke. Right, here we go, four down territory. We haven't done this in a while, Wolf, but now that football is here, and uh, we are eight days away from the first NFL game, one day away from the first ASU game, but we're going to go four down territory. Four biggest takeaways from the Cardinals' 53-man roster that was released yesterday after the show, so let's start with first down. First down. Okay, my first down of four-down territory has got to be the running back room looks like a pentagon. Are you serious? You're keeping five running backs in an offense where you use one running back? It's a one-back offense, and you have five running backs? Five deep at any position in the National Football League when you're trying to make a 53-man roster? That, to me, is stunning. We'll see how it all shakes out. Four running backs, I can understand. But in a one-back offense, there are some teams that will only keep three. That's my first down to four-down territory. All right, my first down is going to be something you brought up earlier, but it does really stand out. If you count Isaiah Simmons as an inside linebacker, and for the purposes of the depth chart, you got to put him somewhere, so that's where he is put. They're keeping six inside linebackers, Wolf, so that is six guys at a position that you've used your last two first-round picks on. Now, those two guys, Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins, you would assume are at the top of the depth chart, and Simmons is going to move all over the place, but still six. Six inside linebackers is a lot. Yeah, that is no doubt about it. I may actually use that on one of these downs. Well, my second down. Second down. It's a false start right there. It's a little rusty. Okay, Uh, my second down of four-down territory is going to be Trace McSorley cleared waivers. What? What? The Lions cut their two backup quarterbacks and Trace McSorley had a great preseason? This big, athletic, intelligent guy that played at Penn State, I, he was given the opportunity to play in the preseason, and he played very, very well. I am stunned that Trace McSorley cleared waivers, and I'm glad as well that he did for him because I think he's where he needs to be if, in fact, he ever is going to make a 53-man roster because I think Cliff Kingsbury loves him. All right, my second down, uh, it's somebody we've been talking about, Andy Isabella, and I'm going to throw Greg Dortch in there as well. Wolf, they have technically seven receivers, six on the roster with no DeAndre Hopkins because of the suspension, but two of them are hurt right now, too. So Andy Isabella makes the team. Greg Dortch makes the team. They may need to play in week one. They may need to play significant snaps in week one against the Chiefs. That's my second down. Third down. We changed the system so that you couldn't mess up. Okay, you know what, uh, my third down of four-down territory has got to be Andy Isabella made the team. Andy Isabella made the team, man. Every other year he made the 53-man roster was more about his draft round taken in the second round than it was his performance. This year was all about how he performed in training camp and preseason. He made the roster. 
ladies and gentlemen, Andy Isabella deserved to make the roster. Grow strong, Izzy. That's my third down to four down territory. All right, my third down is, this is not really the roster construction, but we did learn this yesterday, that Isaiah Simmons is going to have the green dot this season. He's the guy that when you look on the depth chart, there's nowhere to really put him because he's everywhere. And when you start to talk about, okay, well, yeah, but what if what if they don't have the pass rush? What if uh, what if they don't have cornerback depth yet? What if, well, he he's the backup, it feels like, in all these positions, Wolf. Uh, but primarily, at least in his words for week one against the Chiefs, linebacker, and now on top of all of that, the guy with the green dot. Yeah, once again, my fourth down. Fourth down. At some point in time, I'll get it. Trust me. My fourth down of four down territory has got to be they kept six inside linebackers on this roster. The number is six. Isaiah Simmons, of course, a hexagon. Oh, that just came to me right now. A hexagon room, apparently. Isaiah Simmons will play some inside linebacker. He will use star backer. You will play inside at some point in time. So you had to list him somewhere on the roster. So that's what you're going to do. But six? You kept five other guys? I'm really, really surprised. Yes, when you play inside linebacker, it's a premium in terms of transition and playing well in, in uh, special teams play. Of course, you've got to be able to have those types of guys. Inside linebackers typically are very, very good tacklers. They're very physical as well. That's what you want on a special teams unit. Guys who can run. Guys that are smart. Guys that aren't afraid to stick their face into the fan. Talk about inside linebackers. That typically is the case. But six on a 53-man roster? Five is a lot, let alone six. Four is typical. Interesting. That's my fourth down. All right, my fourth down, and I know this was your first down, but I, I don't know how you could not look at this when those uh, when the roster was officially announced yesterday, and it was after our show, and it popped up on Twitter, and the first thing I looked for, Wolf, was absolutely what running back did they let go? And I just kept looking and looking, and then I realized they didn't let any of those five running backs go. So this, to me, is, is the most compelling thing because you know you have James Conner, but think to a year ago, Wolf, you didn't even know what you had in James Conner. Uh, but now you've got Connor, you've got Eno Benjamin and Daryl Williams behind him. And then I liked what Darren Urban said when we had him on last hour. Maybe this is almost like a redshirt year for Keontae Ingram because you just couldn't let him go somewhere else. But even if he's not ready to contribute this year, you want to keep him around. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you on that. That ends our four-down territory. I'm your favorite quarterback. They call me Trace McSorley. <laughs> I did not expect well, that right there. I did actually not expect jumped. that. That was weird, man. It was so loud in my own headset. I don't think you can play that song loudly enough. Um, Trace McSorley. I'm your favorite quarterback. They call me Trace McSorley. Um, I'm going to get Michael Porter Jr. I'm going to get that dog. Okay, we all understand that. Just give me the disclaimer. Just 
please, right oh now. Here we Give go. me the disclaimer, just so you know, based on audience. Everything I'm going to say about Corbin Carroll needs to be weighed, measured, and found wanting. Baseball is a game of large sample sizes. Any evaluation after one game are insipid, insidious, and insane. But having said that, I want to talk more about Corbin Carroll. Uh, well, it's, it's funny you should bring that up, Wolf. I don't want to. I don't want to rain on your parade. But he's not playing tonight. He's not in the lineup. What? I just saw the lineup finally. And Corbin, this is what I was talking about before. They don't have enough lineup spots unless this is like some sort of... No, this is the real lineup from the D-backs. Game 129. They get Stone Garrett back in there. Uh, Cooper Hummel's catching. Dalton Varsho's in center field. I don't see an Alec Thomas in here either. Their outfield tonight is uh, Jake McCarthy, Stone Garrett, Dalton Varsho in center. You can be okay. <laughs> I'm not okay just, with that. Just I'm totally not me. okay with that. I mean, you just called the guy up. You want at bats? Yeah, we want at bats. I don't totally get that one either. We want at bats, man. What? Should we start the chant? We I, I want Corbin. Yes, we want right. Corbin. No days off. No, no days off. <laughs> That's what Belichick was talking about. He was talking about Corbin Carroll. You call him up, he I, doesn't get any days off. What? Wow. How about Alec Thomas? He gets back in the lineup and has, what, four hits last night, and he's out of there, too. No days off. No, <laughs> no days, days off. No, no days off. days off. No days off. Okay, Go Pats! Wait a minute. You know what? Honestly, you know what's so funny about that? Like, I've never heard Bill Belichick yell. Okay, I've never heard him yell like that. He just kind of yelled, Go Pats! Right there. Even the no days off, it was more chant tone. He yelled at the go pats. I, I, Maybe that was I've never heard him. Maybe I've never heard him actually yell. Stepping in. Uh, every comment back to the lineup that they tweeted out is, hey, uh, where's Corbin? Oh, are you certain, man? <laughs> yeah. wow. uh, that's the excitement around this team right now. And when we come back, we are going to talk some D-backs with their assistant GM. Amil Sade joins us next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. The home of Arizona Diamondbacks baseball. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Diamondbacks front office focus with Wolf and Luke. Presented by Gettle Air Conditioning and Plumbing. G-O-E-T-T-L. It'll keep you cool, but it's hard to spell. Gettle.com. Five in a row for the D-backs. 45 runs in those five games. Looking for the sweep of the Phillies tonight. Wolf, as you've mentioned multiple times, they are already 7-3-2 and two in their series since the All-Star break. And joining us right now is their assistant GM, Amiel Sade, is on the Arizona Sports Line. Uh, Amiel, thank you for the time. There's a lot of different directions we could take this conversation. I'm going to start with Zach Gallen because he has thrown 34 in a third consecutive scoreless innings. What, what are you seeing from him? Him. Yeah, he's been uh, really impressive, fun to watch. I mean, I think we've we uh, I can't even remember the last time he gave up a run, but uh, he uh, he's commanding his fastball, he's mixing his pitches, um, and and he's really using his curveball a lot and, and uh, getting a lot of swings and misses, both fastball at the top of the zone, curveball at the bottom of the zone. I think. Uh, Strami at times has has, uh, has talked about how uh, he's got so many pitches and they're 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 such good pitches. He, he sometimes doesn't know which ones to turn to, and I think he's kind of uh, he's figured out a good a good uh, a good mix uh, against each team. And and Zach is probably one of the greatest um, 
uh, preparation, pitchers in preparation um, that I've been around. And he knows every hitter and what he's going to do them first, second, third time through the lineup. And I think uh, it's just uh, it's nice to see it kind of all coming together because this is the Zach that we knew we, uh, we were going to see this year. So, Amiel, I'm going to go much bigger, much bigger picture right here. Seven, three, and two in series since the All-Star break. What is going on, Amiel? Yeah, I think, um, look, I think you guys look around the field. Uh, there's a lot of talent out there. Um, it's, it's young. Uh, there's a lot of young players. And um, it takes some time for, for uh, it takes some time with the young guys uh, to, to just kind of get comfortable sometimes and, and really uh, gel and come together. And I think we're seeing a lot of that, especially from the, um, from the position player side. Uh, we're playing really good defense. We're running the bases really well. I think you guys see the speed that we have out there, and that puts a lot, puts a lot of pressure on the opposing team. And then, and we're pitching, and our starting pitching has been been um, been really good, led by uh, Merrill and Zach. And and um, and so we're we're running out there every series, and and um, and just giving our cha- our team a chance to win. And um, and it's been it's been uh, it's been exciting. Uh, we're talking to Amiel Sade of the uh, the Diamondback assistant GM. Uh, Amiel, I know a focus was put on defense. I know it's been that way really since you guys got here. But with this next wave of players coming up, how much do you think that could could change your fortunes in this division if you're going to be this fast and have you basically have three center fielders and you you really probably have like four or five center fielders in your outfield. Yeah, I mean, we're fortunate enough that any one of them can um, can play center field and and play it at a Gold Glove level. Um, I, I think um, you know we're realistic in in how we see the prospects of our, of the future here and like how we have to attack this. I think like we we have young players. We're, they're they're very athletic. Um, we're not going to out slug a ton of teams, but if you play speed and defense, uh, you put speed and defense out there and you pitch really well. We can compete with anybody, and um, and we've played some really good teams. And obviously, um, you know the, the Phillies are, are a really good team. And and you know when you start putting pressure on the other team and they make mistakes, um, and we can capitalize. We have a we have a good offense that uh, that uh, that that can that can um, that has good plate discipline that can work the pitcher and get into the other team's bullpen. And it doesn't always have to come off of a home run. I think we've seen that, you know, with doubles and triples and, and, and just building big innings with, um, you know, getting on base and then, and then go for a kill shot. So we've, we've, um, we've done a good job of putting that together in the last couple of weeks. And hopefully that's how that continues in the next couple of years. Amiel, honestly, have you seen anything like this? Uh, are, are you guys playing the game of baseball? <laughs> I mean, watching these athletes, I'm talking about hyper-athletic dudes go out there and run the bases, field their position, um, you know, leg out infield hits and turn doubles into triples and singles into doubles and get the bat on the ball and put it in play and I, I I this is some of the most exciting baseball I've seen in a long long time. I, can you explain well, this for me? Yeah, I appreciate you guys saying that and that's that's what we hope to bring to Arizona. I think um we're we're hoping that that our fans can look up and and realize that it's a it's a group of young players that are that are very exciting to watch and you ask if I've seen this. I mean, we've seen we've seen this in the minor leagues for the past few years, you know. We've been we've been kind of patient and waiting on this, waiting for these kids to come up here and show what they can do, but 
You know, we, we this is this has kind of been developed through our minor league system starting in the draft. I mean, we identified players that um, and, and sometimes it takes a little bit longer for those athletic kids to um, to, to just kind of reach their potential. Um, but but, you know, it's I think when it all comes together, you look up and you have a defense that objectively is probably one of the best, if not the best defenses in the in um, in the league. And you have a group of base runners that probably is the group, the best base running team in baseball, um, when objectively too. And so, um, you know, that's that's where we are, and that's where we want to be. And and we hope that the players coming in and filling in behind it um, are gonna are gonna continue to do that with with some of the young prospects that we have right behind um, right behind this group. Amiel, you guys have thirty four games left for Corbin Carroll specifically. What do you what do you look for? Assuming he's not going to get two or three RBI every. Every single game. What do you guys look for from him in this final month or so of the season? Yeah, I think it's, you know, we brought him up here so he can get acclimated and get to, you know, understand the big league lifestyle and play in a lot of big league baseball stadiums. And, uh, you know, unfortunately for some of our fans, he's not he's not going to play every night because we have um, three other really good outfielders that we want to see, too. So there's going to be a rotation and um, and that's going to be part of it. But you know, we want to see the level of consistency. I think we've, you know, you you guys watched the game last night. I mean, he can impact the game both with his legs and and I think those people that stayed up and watched it towards the end of the game, he took an easy swing and hit it about 440 feet right below the center field uh, home run line. I, I think I read somewhere that that was the longest double in the StatCast era because, uh, you know, it was a home run in 29 other parks except for Chase Field. And, you know, despite it being against the position player, he just kind of flicked that ball out there. So he's not just speed. He's not just contact ability. He's going to have some power. And, you know, we just want to see a level of consistency across the, across his whole game. I'm yellow, man. I, I have been around a lot of twitchy dudes. I was at the game last night with my son. I was sitting out there on the porch in left field. I was at the game watching it, and I've been around a lot of twitchy dudes watching this team run the base paths. I mean, it's it really is so cool to experience it. Who is the fastest guy on the team? <laughs> I don't know. Fitz and I were talking about that last night. It's funny because, like, you know, when when Varsho was up here up by himself last year, he was he was exciting because he was super fast. And then then you layer in Thomas and McCarthy, and now you layer in Carroll, and it's like I I don't know who would win a race. I think they're all they're all very fast. Um, I think the more and Stone can run. Um, you know, I think the the more we layer in the you know we might end up getting a track meet out here and letting these guys at the end of the year race it out and see who who the fastest is, so we can answer your question. Uh, Hamiel, before we let you go, got to ask you about Tori Lovello. He gets the extension. What were you guys looking for from him this season? And obviously you saw it. So how, how did that come about? Yeah, I think, um, as you guys know, I mean, Tori, we're, we're huge fans of Tori. We believe in Tori. We believe in everything he does. You know, coming off the season last year, I think it's understandable. We all we all have to take a look in the mirror and realize, like, we won 52 games. That's not just on Tori. That's on the front office. That's on the players. That was on everybody. And so we wanted to right the ship and point it in the right direction. And, and Tori's done that. He's He offers stability. He's I think it's well-known and well-documented. He's a player's manager, but he's – but he can he can be tough on players too, and he expects he expects a lot out of it. And we wanted to continue to see that these young players are pushing the ball forward and being coached, and the coaches are being coached, and the coaches are coaching. And I think we've seen everything we needed to see with Tory this year, and 
um, you know, we want to we want to be able to kind of keep this going um, as we, we you guys are going to continue to see more young players come up here. There's some arms that eventually come up, um, whether it's this year or next year. And then, you know, obviously, as we continue to build in more more depth at our position player level and there's no better person to kind of cultivate um, a group than Tori, especially a young group. So um, we're excited about keeping them around and, and hopefully, hopefully continue to push forward. Well, um, yeah, we appreciate the time. This is a lot of fun. Keep it going. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Amiel. Thanks a lot. That is uh, Amiel Sade, Arizona Diamondbacks yeah. <laughs> assistant GM, joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. Text us your thoughts. The Findle text line at 620-620 right now. And I want to point out, we are sending you and your Wolfpack to see the Cardinals take on the Raiders in Vegas, courtesy of Circa Resort and Casino. Just text Vegas to 620-620. Listen for your name next Tuesday for your chance to win. Plus, qualifiers are going to win tickets to the Cardinals home opener. That's Vegas to 620-620. We come back, some injury updates from Cliff Kingsbury, plus Greg Dorch and Dennis Gardeck are talking today as well. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Disclaimer. You've been listening to Diamondbacks Front Office Focus. Presented by Gettle Air Conditioning and Plumbing. G-O-E-T-T-L. It'll keep you cool, but it's hard to spell. Gettle.com. Hi, this is Zach Ertz, and you're listening to 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. I mean, he's just a comfort level. You know, he's always open. I don't know how, I don't know why. Lobs it, far side, Ertz with the catch of the 30, loose of the 20, far side, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Zach Ertz, 47 yards. I made a point to my agent that this is where I wanted to be. No matter what the other offers would have been, I wanted to find a way to get it done here. It's pretty impressive, the trust that Kyler and him have developed in such a short time. Let's rock, I love y'all. Let's go. Wolf and Luke talk. Cardinals now. Well, we're at the point now, Wolf, where the injuries that a football team has directly impact the product they can put on the field in week one because, you know, week the first game is a week from tomorrow. Bills, uh, Bills Rams on Thursday night football. The Cardinals, obviously, a week from this Sunday against the Chiefs. Uh, there's a few guys that are banged up here. So let's go through some of these updates from Cliff Kingsbury today. And we'll start with Rondale Moore. He's still day to day. We're hoping that we can get something out of him early in the week next week. But we'll, we'll see how he feels. Okay, I'm just going to full disclaimer here, Wolf. Uh, yeah. Not your Corbin Carroll disclaimer, but other disclaimer. Right. Most of these cliff <laughs> answers are pretty quick, so we're going to have to decipher what's up. But okay. uh, but Rondale Moore, I mean, hoping to get him back early next week. Like, I need this guy in week one. Yeah. I mean, you can't. If he's hurt, he's hurt. But I'm just saying, like, this is a guy that... Again, you have no DeAndre Hopkins, and you, right. you probably, it doesn't seem like, have Antoine Wesley for week one either. Right, exactly. Steve Spagnola right now is listening to everything that Cliff Kingsbury says. Mm-hmm. Everything, of course. <laughs> Writing it down as well. Oh, you know, just rip that. Why don't we just rip what he says from the audio? We'll write it down. We'll transcribe it. You well, know, that should take him a total of about three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but you get my point. You know it. These guys, they're, 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 there is no way in the world you're going to divulge any type of information that does anything to help your opponent. You're just not going to do it. Uh, well, with that in mind, how about an update on Marcus Golden? Pretty much on the same schedule as Rondell is. We're hoping early in the week, next week, we can get something out of him and just progress him up until game time, but um, it'll be close, I think. Uh, if See, wait, if there, there it is. If, uh, yeah, it's going to be close, Luke. I understand it's going to be really what, close. What he, I mean, he said Jonathan Ward, what did he say? He was like, he was questionable yesterday before the roster was even out for the game next weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Cliff. Yeah, no, he was. It's, it's going to be a 
look, it's going to be a game time. Flip a coin right now. I okay. have no idea who's going to play and who's not. But but I will say this. Marcus Golden, if he doesn't play in that game, I don't feel great about their chances of beating the Chiefs in week one. Do you? I mean, you're going to have to put up probably 38 points to win that game if you don't have Marcus Golden. Um, on top of everything you know, else that's going on. Listen, uh, it's... The the Arizona Cardinals, I believe, are going to get pressure on opposing quarterbacks via scheme, not talent. But doesn't it help to have Marcus Golden? It does. No, it, it does. But it's not like Marcus. It's not like Marcus Golden is just going to get the edge on somebody and run by them and get a sack. It's it, that's not who he is. But, but I'm not saying the Cardinals are going to be a bad football team if he can't play in Week One. I'm just saying at a certain point it gets tough to beat the Chiefs when you don't have DeAndre Hopkins and maybe you don't have Rondale Moore and maybe you don't have Marcus Golden yeah. and maybe you don't have Zach Ertz. Like all these names, maybe you don't have Justin Pugh. Here's a Justin Pugh update. Pugh, same deal. Uh, we're taking a day by day, really. Um, going to get through this week and see how he feels over the weekend. Let him rest this weekend and then come back Monday and see where, where he's at. <laughs> so is there any team in the National? football league that is so banged up is there any other team i have no idea who's going out there man week one we all better hold on to our butts because it could be anybody out there so just to recap i mean from cliff justin Pugh. Yeah, it's about the same as Marcus it's, Golden. Marcus Golden. Yeah, it's about the same as Rondale Moore. Rondale Moore. <laughs> eh, game time. And I stand and I applaud. I do. I mean, this is this is what you have to do. You, you're not going to say, "Yeah, that guy's going to play." Oh, yeah, that guy. We're gonna get we're gonna get eighty snaps out of that dude. Why in the world would you ever say that? Uh, let them guess as oh. to who's going to play and who isn't. Here, I found a few more updates. How about J.J. Watt? He's good. Yeah, he's just recovering. We're going to let him um, <laughs> continue just to train throughout this week and then get him back next week. Oh, sounds like KJ <laughs> Wait Watts. a minute there. Boy, that is pretty definitive okay. by Cliff. I almost take that, <laughs> that as like J.J. Watt might be playing quarterback. Oh, hey, you know what, Andy Reid? You might want to go ahead and write that down. J.J. Watt. Is good to go. That makes me think he's not good to go now that he's. <laughs> you're, you're right. You're uh, exactly, Cliff, what are you doing? How, how dare you say something with almost 50% certainty? <laughs> Here's uh, Zach Ertz, too. This is Cliff on Zach Ertz. It'll be, it'll be close. I think he's right in line with the Golden and, and Rondell. We're hoping next week we can get something out of him early in the week and, and everything um, lines up, but hopefully that, that works out. All right, here's who we know who's playing. <laughs> Kyler Murray. All right, that's it. Everything else kind of up in the air. Yeah. 52 coin flips after that. Yeah. Who was he talking about right that there? That was Zach Ertz. That, oh, that was Zach. Yeah. That was, that was Zach. That's player number five, I believe, where he said it's going to be close. Yeah. It's going to be close. He's right there in that group with uh, Rondale and, and uh, Golden. These are all starters, aren't they? Are they not? They're all starters. Yeah, I mean, that's... Oh, my goodness. That's 25% of your starting lineup, basically. So we basically didn't play any starters except for a handful and somehow in the preseason. <laughs> and they're all, they're all question marks going into week one. <laughs> what, what, Interesting. What is Cliff. happening here? Here's, uh, here, this is an injury update. This is just him talking about uh, Cody Ford. Yeah, Cody, Cody's, um, it's actually, uh, could be a blessing in disguise, give Pew some rest and let Cody get all those reps and, and really get caught up in the offense. He's done a good job picking up so far, but I think um, the more reps he gets, the more comfortable Cody will get. This I like big butts and I cannot lie. Okay, on offensive linemen in the game of football, it helps. Not going to lie. This is, um, th- I'm just 
connecting dots, I could be wrong, of all these names, Pew is the one I'm kind of the most worried about in terms of playing in week one. Doesn't it kind of seem like the other guys have a shot? Pew has a Wait shot, a but it seems like he's just the injury. They've kind of been like, Wait I don't know playing. No. No, they're all exactly no. the same. No, Justin Pugh was the guy with the stinger. I mean, do you realize that? Tony Ford, like Ford was playing. I, I understand that, but he... <laughs> If, if if Justin Pugh was kept out because he got a, sk- a stinger three weeks ago, I'm going to be absolutely shocked. Game time. Let's just shocked. go game time. All right. Thanks, Darren Maloney. Jesse Morrison behind the glass for Wolf. I'm Luke. We got Burns and Gambo next on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports what? Station.